Hello, and welcome to Gifts of the Weird. My name is Jan, and I'm your host. With me is my guest, Patricia LaFile. Patricia is the author of Freya, Lady Vanadice, An Introduction to the Goddess, and A Practical Heathen's Guide to Asaku. She is a longtime member of the Truth. Within the Truth, she is God person, an elder, and founder of the Lore Program. She is also currently serving as the High Steward of the Truth. Patty, welcome to Gifts of the Weird. Thanks, Jan. I'm happy to be here. Yeah, this is great because this has been a long time. Like ever since I first started the program, your name was on top of the list <laughs> as one of the people that I wanted to reach out to. And I think we've chatted about it over the years and then life and circumstances and things just kind of happened. And um, just it's in its own time, right? That's what it I is. Like exactly. <laughs> Everything happens in its own time. <laughs> it's a great time to happen, too, because uh, we just have so many cool things going on in in, um, in addition to the not cool thing, which is COVID <laughs> and all right. of that stuff. But uh, there's just some really uh, neat things. So for instance, uh, like over the last year, you've led some really cool um, talks on Facebook, doing some Facebook Live about gods and goddesses and um, the nine realms and stuff. So those are really fun to attend when I could drop in <laughs> at the middle of the day. Those were a lot of fun to do, too. They were great. Yeah, yeah. Um, it, it's great to have uh, that kind of conversational aspect of things and to talk about something that we love, which is our gods and goddesses. Mm -hmm. So uh, I wanted to have you on to chat about Freya because uh, you wrote this great book, and it's um, one of the few, if not the only book, specifically about Freya. Do you know of any others? I haven't really found a whole... Um... And I'm probably going to butcher the pronunciation of this, and so I apologize. But uh, Britt Marie Mastrom, I think it is her last name pronounced, uh, wrote Freya, Great Goddess of the North. Um, it's it's very um, capital G goddess focused, um, but uses Freya and the 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 lore and um, a lot of the relevant um, folklore to discuss Freya as you know, what Mastrom considers a great goddess. And you know, she and I differ on that a little bit, but we can talk about that later. It's a good book. I mean, it's it's a solid book. It's it's really good. And I think that might be it. There may be some other books. I know at least one person wrote a master's thesis on Freya back a long time, back when I was writing my Freya book, so a long time ago. Unfortunately, I can't remember the person's name where I would totally tell you who they were, but I haven't seen that like available widely. So I don't know. I don't know what the publication status of that is. Plus a lot of people include Freya when they talk about Norse and Germanic gods and goddesses oh, yeah. specifically. Yeah. So she's right. always well, how included can, in something. Yeah. How can you, how can you not refer to her as in, in talking about the Norse gods? <laughs> but yeah, exactly. But yeah, you see burbles and bits and paragraphs and chapters and like that here and there um, on her as well. Yeah. Yeah. So this is one of my earliest connections to Freya. Um, a lot of times I, a lot of people are familiar with my story of how I came to paganism through the Irish sector and through a connection with the Irish gods and goddesses in Bridge, Bridget. One day we went for a walk and she took me and next thing I know I was standing before Freya and Odin and um, Bridget's like, well, we fostered him and now here he is for you. <laughs> <laughs> wow. And uh, turned me over. So it's been a great connection with Freya. So your book was one of the, well, it was the first book on Freya that, that I came into contact with. And so, and I was able to get you to sign it for me one time at PantheaCon. Hmm. And, and I just really, I really, really devoured the book. I mean, there was a lot of great information there. Thank you. I tried. So, yeah. <laughs> so before we go on and talk about Freya, let's talk about you. Um, sure. Briefly, what is your 
pagan journey or how did you come to heathenry and to freya specifically Ooh. and um i'm gonna plug weird web radio right now because lonnie did a really great in-depth interview with you and talked about a lot of stuff so i'm gonna refer my listeners to get more about you from Lonnie's episode, and I'll post it in the links where that episode is because that was a really interesting episode. Uh, episode. So you don't have to go into that great a detail okay. as there because we just want people to go and listen to Lonnie's episode there at Weird Web Radio. Yeah, yeah, sure. Gosh, in brief, um, I was raised, quite frankly, Irish Roman Catholic, which you know, being Irish and Roman Catholic, it has its own, you know, uh, sensibilities. Mm-hmm. And then um, I was having a lot of spiritualist sort of experiences that really weren't explained by Catholicism. So I started looking into other religions. This is back when I was in high school. And I sort of found paganism. I mean, and that's, we're talking like 1987, 1988. And there was not a lot mm-hmm. out there. Um, at that point, you know, the, 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 there really was no internet, you know, you know, so I end up running into a friend, um, Jeff Prusky, who taught um, Michael Harner's core shamanic techniques, um, in addition to, you know, witchy stuff. And um, I learned that technique from him. Um, that was my primary spiritual technique for a long time. I considered myself just kind of a generic neo-pagan because, you know, Wicca didn't quite fit, you know, it was, I mean, nothing to insult it. It just wasn't quite that click, you know, mm-hmm. that they talk about. And it was actually through journey work um, that I started receiving information that led me to, you know, these two deities. Uh, well, I didn't think they were deities at the time. I didn't even know. Uh, but there was one figure who, uh, female who um, I could tell that she was stunningly beautiful, but I couldn't see her face because around her neck was this brilliant shining light, like daylight almost. And mm-hmm. I couldn't quite see her face. You know, the other one, of course, the, the main image I got was a spear, a single spear sort of rotating around in darkness. And I'm like, and I mean, I look back with 2020 hindsight and of course, you know, Freya and Odin, but um, that led me to start exploring and exploring in short led me to heathenry that was about the mid 90s and you know a lot of the stuff that i saw you know frankly there was a lot of racist stuff out there which is absolutely not me so i was like well i guess i'm the only one of my kind then because i'm certainly not one of these people you know mm-hmm. um and then uh Lori wood i'll i give her a lot of credit um she did a train trip across the united states and stopped we had met over the internet on a on a mud <laughs> game actually um and she stopped at my house um in Connecticut and left a troth membership application form on my coffee table when she disappeared. Um, and so I said, well, what the heck I'll check them out. And it all has flown from there. <laughs> so, wow. so that's the short form, but yeah, no, at this point I've been, um, heathen pretty much since about 1994, um, kind of unofficially then, but, um, so that's, I'm going on, I guess, 27 years, but I was pagan by the time I was 18. So that's way more years than that. So, Mm-hmm. We don't need it's been a long, long journey. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny because I still think of myself as a relative newcomer because the people that I spend time with were all heathen a lot longer than I was. And so I consider myself a relative newcomer. So when I hear myself say things like 27 years, like, it kind of blows my own mind. <laughs> yeah, it kind of does. Yeah. Twice, doesn't it? Yeah. 
Well, that's pretty cool. That uh, it sounds interesting. It's all, it's almost like Freya and Odin are like the representatives that kind of go out and greet us wandering people searching for things. Right. <laughs> it's kind of kind of interesting. Uh, I'm sure it's not the same for everybody, but um, that's really neat. Uh, it's a great a great story. I, I love how you were dazzled by the brilliance of the light around her neck. Yep, sure. but I had no idea what it was at the time. I mean, now again, 2020 hindsight, I'm like, oh, prison garment. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, so um, what prompted you to write the book? You know, I actually wrote that as a service to Freya. You know, okay. it, it's it's funny because I people call it a, a devotional book. And I suppose in the sense that I did it out of a sense of devotion, I guess I can see that. You know, but I really wrote the book because there was no one place to find all of there was to know. In the, and specifically, you know, in the mythology, in the sagas, in the archaeology and all that kind of stuff. There was no one place to find that that I knew of at the time. I mean, I'm sure there were, but I just didn't know of any. And so I decided to set out to write this educational book. Um, I actually found Anne Sheffield's Frey, God of the World, first and read that. And I was like, this is something we need for Freya. You know, like we need this kind of in-depth study on Freya. Um, so that's actually what got me to do it. So it's not quite a devotional book, um, but it was certainly an act of devotion for me. I like it because each chapter is very it's digestible. I mean, it, it's it's almost like having you sitting in the room and telling me, you know, speaking about it right there. And it's very engaging in that sense because I just feel like it's uh, something that I can, or when I do read it and I do go back to it, on regular basis to say, oh, what was that about this? Oh, I know just the place. I'll just go and flip through it. Yeah. Um, it's very easy to to read and to engage with. So I, that was a really good good for me anyway. Yeah, that was that was one of my goals. Actually, was to make it approachable. So I I'm not insulted at all. I I want to say thank you because that's exactly what I planned it to be. So good. <laughs> <laughs> so not to put you on the spot but it was written in 2006 and so i'm sure that your journey has so many different things is there, what have you learned differently since the book came out uh, as opposed to leading up to the book wow that's a really complicated question um a lot of new i've actually to be honest um i've actually recently considered potentially doing a second edition Ooh. You know, there are a couple of issues with that, but uh, I have really thought about doing a second edition because a lot more information has come up. You know, most of it supporting the material that I wrote, but, you know, I, I, there's a lot of material, a lot more archaeology has come up, a lot more place names have shown up, a lot more of the um, what the cult of Freya might have looked like in some ways has kind of shown up. Um, you know, how I look at how um, traditional heathenry, um, mm -hmm. like the, the heathenry of the Viking era, um, what that was probably like has evolved just through scholarship over the years. So I would like to include kind of all of that stuff. And I would probably do more, um, just more rituals in the book too, just to help with that. I've got one ritual that I use a lot in groups that is very effective um, toward me. It's a, it's a meditation basically toward meeting Freya and making that initial connection. I'd like to include that in the book. So who knows what will happen? I am not making any promises. I am not saying that I am going to do this. I'm just saying I've been thinking about doing this because <laughs> a lot has changed and the, the, the body of material has, needs to be updated. Definitely. Well, that would yeah. be really cool if, if things work out that you can. And yeah, uh, well, we'll see. I'll be first in line to buy my copy. <laughs> mm. That would be really great. 
Uh, yeah, I'm sure that having a lot of other people having similar or shared experiences is probably really validating and awesome as well to see how she's connecting with so many people across the world. Very, very much so. Yeah, I'm on a, um, I'm in a group called Heathen Women United, and it is definitely international. Um, and just reading posts from people and how they experience, um, you know, their heathenry in general, but I mean, Freya specifically, because that's what we're talking about, right? You know, it's fascinating. It's really fascinating and really cool and enlightening because, you know, there, there are ways in which we all are like, oh, yes, this is definitely her in ways in which we vary. And I see it this way. I see it this way. Um, so it's always fascinating to talk about. You know, it's interesting. I, I see in some of the greater pagan discussions and, and community sometimes that when they refer to Freya, it's like, oh, she's the love goddess. Oh. oh, yes. She's way much more than that. What is a good way, do you think, to try to communicate that broader sense of who she is and how she interacts with people and the gods and the, and the nine realms? And she's not a keyword love goddess or goddess of passion, she, right? Or, or is she? And I'm wrong. <laughs> Well, you know, it's it's very, I actually um, recently wrote a, a bit on this that may appear in the next uh, a, a, the there's an aduna coming up based on Freya and my article may appear there, um, and it may even appear in a blurb in the new Artroth that Ben is working on, but and and aduna is the magazine of the troth. Yeah, aduna. I'm sorry, aduna is the magazine of the troth. I should be more clear. But um, I've been contemplating love, you know, um, and I do think she's a love goddess, absolutely. Um, but I think that people limit is probably the best word. What love means, uh-huh. you know, they think, you know, in terms of what I, what I see, I should say it this way. You know, what I see a lot is Freya is a love goddess. Woo Go love hearts. Valentine's day, you know, mm-hmm. kind of <laughs> stuff. And I'm like, you know what love is love is what makes a woman lift a car that her son is under love inspires armies to go to war. You know, love is furiously, passionately fiery, you know, and quiet, you know, and calm and and secure, you know. And of course, I'm talking about love and its positive aspects here. But you know, love. I mean, you're, you've there's just think about how many kinds of love, right? I mean, you've you've got your love for your partner, if you have a partner, you know. You've got the love of your parents, you know, the love you feel to your parents, the love your parents feel to you, mm-hmm. depending obviously on the person. You know, your siblings, you may love your siblings. Uh, you love your friends. Um, mm-hmm. You love your friends to varying levels. I mean, it depends on the friendship, right? Because some friends right. are kind of casual and some friends are very intimate. You love yourself, you know, yeah. or at least you should. That's something I work on constantly, you know. But that self-love, I mean, that all of that, all of that stuff is Freya. Yeah. You know, so to just kind of call her a love goddess in a simplistic way, I do think diminishes her as a deity, you know, but I think if you actually take the time to ponder, you know, and I'm only scratching the surface really, but you know, I mean, if you're, if you really take the time to ponder and meditate on, on love um, and what love is um, and the very, the variations of love, I think you find a deeper connection and a deeper complexity of understanding of, of what she is. Yeah. You know, I mean, sexuality is the same thing because, you know, sexuality expresses itself in any number of ways, right? You know, it's certainly not cishet all the time. (laughs) It's every, it's everything. It's all kinds of different things. Um, You know, sometimes sexuality is about power, which can be negative. I'll be honest, Mm -hmm. you know, it can be used very negatively. And so I think like in those negative situations, you know, in the case causes of rape or sexual assault of any kind, you know, Freya is there 
to be both sympathetic and empathetic, you know, because that is an aspect that she does not condone. I'm not implying that she does at all, you know, but I think that because she is a sex goddess or a sex goddess of sexuality, I think that you could go to her for the whole package. You know, you can go to her for that healing that you need if you need that. You know, you can go for that you know, understanding of who you are and where you are and what you are um, in those terms. You know, other people speak to that far more eloquently than I do, but, you know, it's sex and gender are big. And um, yeah, I think Freya is connected to all of that as well. Mm hmm. And that's, yeah. that's a modern, that's a modern gnosis. That's certainly a modern gnosis, but you know, it's modern based on our current understanding of how all these things work. Yeah. And not only our current understanding, but our greater current acceptance of those understandings. Sometimes exactly. those things have been around a bit. Now we're finally embracing them a little bit more, aren't we? Right. Finally. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's about yeah. time and we have a lot more work to do, but yes, yes we we're do. at least getting to a place where we can find that acceptance. Yeah there's so much there's so much and we might just bounce around so i'm not going to go in any kind of chronological order so one of the interesting uh, things that i'm i'm just i'm not sure about yet even personally among myself it's the Golvig connection so the arguments are i don't know probably two maybe more but one one is she's Golvig. one is she's not Golvig. <laughs> what is your thought about that or how's that process kind of work with you and, and what, why do you think whichever way you do about it yeah you know that's actually a complex question yeah um <laughs> it, it really is um and and my thinking on it is fairly complex as a result um i think that you know if we go to voluspel which is pretty much where we hear about highs you know we have highs i height when i go to men's houses and um you know we, she refers to her as a witch herself as a witch and mm -hmm. you know and then she and then she comes in the, you know at, with you know odin i know you from blah 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 you know and and i think that the connection to hive and freya is clear you know um so i think that we could probably use hive as a byname for mm -hmm. freya if we wanted to you know for that specific aspect you know the vulva witch aspect of, of Freya. And I say which in a very positive way. Whether or not that's Gulveg is an entirely different question, right? Because we've got this, we've got this Gulveg figure who probably Vanek, we don't really know for sure, but probably Vanek. And, um, you know, goes to the, the Asgard and the gods burn her three times and she steps out of the fire three times, you know, and unscathed. You know, what that is, mythologically is like a um, shamanic style initiation almost, you know, where she goes through the fire and comes mm -hmm. back, goes to the fire and comes back clearer and goes to the fire and comes back clearer yet. And, and so there's, that's that there's some aspect and we see even the, the I'm going to digress quickly, but I mean, we even see the fire thing in when Odin goes to the King and he ends up chained between two fires. Oh, right. Yeah. Yep. And I'm, I'm so sorry that I can't remember what part of the uh, Elder Edda that's in right now um, because my brain is mush today and I apologize for that. I should go get my Edda and look it up. But um, anyway, you know, so we see this echo of these initiatory things that happen after which some sort of wisdom is passed on. Mm -hmm. You know, so we definitely have Gulvig as this sort of initiatory character who does have wisdom to share. You know, she causes an endless war with Asgard. Um, as a result, or she's one of the causes of the war between the uh, Aesir and the Vanir, then all of a sudden there's Freya, right? And we don't know where, we, you know, Freya is not part of the hostage exchange program at the end 
um, she just comes to Asgard anyway, you know. So mm -hmm. whether or not Freya is Gulveig, to be completely honest, is in my opinion up in the air. You know, mm -hmm. I I have never looked for Gulveig as an independent deity, you know, or an aspect of something else. So I don't have direct experience in that sense. Um, other people do. I know there are people who experience Gulveig as a separate and distinct entity. And, you know, that could, that's very valid, you yeah. know. So, but I personally have no experience, so it's hard for me to speak to it because I don't want to say something that isn't true. You know? yeah, no, I don't um, know. So I don't know, but I mean, whether or not Goldvig, I, I do think Freya is highest in Voldemort, but whether or not, because that would mean that Goldvig is the Bacona that, or the Volva that Odin is speaking to, and I'm not clear on that. I don't think that that's yeah. uh, evidentiary true. That's fair. I mean, hey. <laughs> Maybe not all, everything needs to be revealed. It's nice to have the mystery still, isn't it? Right. Well, and that's the the point. I mean, our 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 body of literature and folklore and uh, archaeological evidence and philology and all that stuff is lacking. It's not um, so. Sometimes we have to learn to live with, you know, maybe, mm -hmm. maybe, maybe we don't know. You know, we, we all kind of have to learn to deal with that, yeah. accept it as part of the flexibility of our faith, and then see that as a place where interpretation is open to the individual or the group. It's, I guess the reason why I haven't personally pursued it to the nth degree is because I don't mind that it's an unanswered question, really, or that it's up in the air, as you put it, and just accept it as it is. And I'm like, oh, okay. <laughs> well, that's how that's how we have it. So a big question, speaking uh -huh. of separate entities, oh, Freya and Frigg. <laughs> I this know. is a huge argument. <laughs> it is a huge argument, isn't it? And I and yeah. I can't think of um, who better to, to engage the argument. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, but who to just kind of get get some thoughts on either side or one side, whatever you think, right. than, than yeah. you because of your work and your devotion to Freya and the great things that you do on um, on her behalf. So. Yeah. What are your thoughts about that topic? And if you don't want to reveal what your leaning is, that's fine. Mm -hmm. But what are your thoughts about that? Oh, I, I have no problem saying that I think that they are two distinct entities. And I my my primary uh, argument for that is when you look at the Proto-Indo-European root words for their names, they are different. One means beloved, and we know uh, Frigga is the beloved of Odin. That's very clear. So, you know, that implies Frigga. And the other is lady, like honorable, noble lady. And then we've got Freya meaning lady. Um mm -hmm. And, and so I do think that they are uh, distinct. They're certainly distinct now. Yes. You know, which is also, I mean, I know that's very modernist of me, but they are certainly distinct now. And I think that when you treat with them, you need to treat them as distinct unto themselves. Um, there are similarities. There are a lot of similarities, a lot of overlap. Um, Jackson Crawford, in his video uh, YouTube series, he talks about Freya and Frigga and his his decision is that they are one and the same. I I encourage people to go to uh, Jackson Crawford and, and look that up and watch it. Um, he does make a compelling argument. Um, there's no mistake about that, you know, and uh, a lot of the myths about Frigga and the myths about Freya can be very similar as if they're the same myth that just somehow has a different name on attached to it. And I, I can understand the argument, you know, and a lot of people do believe they are the same. I think that if they ever were the same, they were the same way back in the depths of time. You know, like in Proto-European, like they probably split, we're talking Proto-Indo-European era, you know, mm -hmm. they, that long ago is when I think if they were one, that's when they split, 
You know, I mean, we also, we, we know Frigg from continental sources. There is no continental source on Freya. Mm-hmm. You know, I think Freya might have been uh, more localized as yeah. a deity yeah. to Scandinavia, where Frigg was, and we have Anglo-Saxon mentions of Frigga too. You know, so I think, you know, Frigga might have been a more widespread worship deity um, mm-hmm. than Freya necessarily was. And then, you know, the Icelandic sources are biased in favor of the practices of Iceland. You know, hmm. clear. <laughs> yeah. You know? So, uh, but I do think they're different. You know what I mean? Even when Snorri, you know, is listing the in the prose, you know, when Snorri is listing the goddesses, he says that, you know, he talks about Frigga and then he says next is Freya. You know, so to me, that all indicates distinctness. And in the Lokasana, they talk to each other. Yeah, they have conversations with each other. So, I mean, how, you know, I mean, unless they're, I don't know. I mean, it just makes no sense to me that they would be. Uh, the same, at least through the, the Viking era and, you know, on into modern practice. Um, and if they were the same, they split apart a long. Well, yeah, you know, it's it's fun. It's nice to talk about it. And, you know, I know some people who are very firm on their thoughts about it. And, and I'm like, OK. <laughs> yeah, it you is know. definitely a I don't want to use the word polarizing in a negative sense, but polarizing almost in a positive way. Mm-hmm. Uh, like we all. No, you know, and, and right now there are probably a listener of your podcast going, but she's wrong, you know, <laughs> and I, I, with all respect, I say that because I think that there's room in this world for differing interpretations of the same material, you know, um, but yeah, no, we are all pretty firm in our opinions one way or the other on this issue. <laughs> and he's right now. No. Yeah, you know, I, I've uh, explored the topic neither Freya nor Frigg represent themselves as the same being to me. So they're always very distinct and very separate. So definitely. Yeah. So we just finished with Imolk uh, or not, I'm sorry, not Imolk. <laughs> Diesel bloat. Sorry. February. And Imolk, for and, uh, Imolk was a, was a part of that yeah. connecting to our Irish roots there, Patty, but we just passed through Diesel bloat connection with our, our Desir and our female ancestors and those female beings and one of Freya's, I don't know how you would call it, I don't want to say a job, but one of the things is she's known by is as the Vanadis, mm-hmm. or the leader, chooser of the slain, the leader of the Desir. How do you see uh, her her part of being the Vanadis? Um, what does that mean, for instance, Vanadis? Okay. All right. Well, yeah, because you actually pulled up two things, because Vanadis means one thing and Val Freya means the other. Yes. Um, so Val... Yeah, fall is where you get that choose or the slain thing. Um, Von, it, it's clearly Von, Von of the Vanir, you know, and Dees put together. So it's Dees of the Vanir. Now, it's important to remember that the word Dees often referred to our female ancestors. It also referred to deities. It also referred just to women. You would call a woman a Dees, mm. you know. So she's just, maybe she's just a woman who happens to be of the Vanir. Oh, interesting. Okay. You know, um, you know, maybe it does refer to her as the deity of the Venue to, to kind of pull that opposite. You know, I I think she's I, I like to think, and this is my interpretation and you know, my UPG as it were, and uh is that she is the ancestral deity of the Vanir. Like that she is the female ancestral soul or heart, I guess, of the Vanic tribe, um, if you will. 
Um, mm-hmm. That's my personal opinion. But but to be honest, it could just mean woman who happens to be Vanek. It's really, uh, really interesting to mm-hmm. pull all of those things. And, and maybe she's all of them at the same time, right? <laughs> she could very well be all of them at the same time, yes. <laughs> yeah, I like that. I'm going to um, have to explore that a little bit more than myself. Yeah, and... If it's in if it's in your book and I missed it, it's just because there's so many cool things in there to look at. <laughs> <laughs> I believe it is in my book. Um, I'm not sure how clearly I wrote it because it's been since 2006, you know. But I'm pretty sure that's mm-hmm. in the book. <laughs> so, yeah. But, yeah, but Valfreya, I mean, to get to that piece um, yeah. that you talked about, Val, you know, is the same prefix as uh, Valkyrie, Valfather, you know, and it mainly means of the slain. Um, okay. choosers of the slain is of the slain basically of the slain um, and then Freya obviously being her her name you know so and if we want to call Freya you know lady then it's lady of the slain I personally think that is a reference to the story that Odin gets half of the Anhriar and Freya gets the other half mm-hmm. you know I do not think for I do not think Freya is a Valkyrie hmm. I really okay. don't um, I think the Valkyries serve a specific purpose, you know, choosing the slain across the battlefields initially, you know, they're the ones that are there when you die. And, and then they, they, you know, they serve in, uh, Valhall, the hall, the hall of the slain, where I think, uh, Valfreya, um, she gets her own half of the slain. We don't know what she does with them. There's no record of that. You know, I have my theories, but it's all UPG, you know, mm-hmm. but I think it is a distinction it's important to make because it's a lot of people call her queen of the Valkyrie and I just, that's just not supported um, in the mythos in my opinion. We do hear that a lot, don't we? Yeah. yeah. Not as much as we used to, um, <laughs> but we do still hear it and it's like, well, no, <laughs> not really. <laughs> you know, yeah. I mean, you know, she's also a powerful individual deity and counts herself among, you know, the Aesir and the Vanir. And so why would she be serving Odin in Valhall? That makes no sense. She has her own hall. You know, right. she's over in Sestramir. Yeah. So, I mean, I, I don't think it holds water that she's a Valkyrie, but I do think it holds water that, you know, she is of the slain. I think she is a, a, a death goddess in that sense. In your journeys with her, is, is she only have the slain with her or does she bring other folks into her halls? Do you... Yeah. You know, actually, that's attested to in the, in the sagas as well. Um, you know, we have Eagle Saga, where he's grieving for his son, and his daughter says, "I will join you, and we will both starve to death." Um, and what she says is, "I will neither, I will neither eat nor drink until I sup with Freya." Oh, yeah. So that I think is a pretty clear indicator that you know this person at least believes they're going to Freya's hall. You know, so yeah, I do think it's it's not just the slain. The the are, you know, it's it's also um, other people that I believe are probably worshippers. Yeah, I, I ask because I have my own thoughts, but I want, I'm talking with you, so it's great to uh-huh. have your you as well. So another big aspect about Freya is I love this because I'm really drawn to to it and been able to um, work with folks like Diana Paxson and yourself and others. Her connection through magic and says. And if you think there's any rune connection to her. Any runes? Oh, yeah. yeah. I almost heard you say broom, and I'm like, that can't be right. Uh, runic <laughs> connections. You know, that's interesting because that's not something we have attested. You know, that she's attached to magic comes right out of Voluspa. You know, that, yeah. you know, and Prozetta. Although Snorri was very good at, like, reorganizing the deities so they fit the classical Greek model. 
you know, because that's what he was mm-hmm. after because he was Christian. Um, so we have to take what he says with a grain of salt, a big fat grain of salt. A salt lick, maybe. A salt lick, maybe, <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, and say, you know, we, we know that she taught magic and save to Odin. Mm-hmm. You know, it very clearly says that she taught Saint Odin. So, you know, yeah, definitely there's a connection. Um, and when I do uh, Saith myself, I, you know, always call on her and on Odin, um, as well as the ancestors and the local Vatir to come to help, you know. Um, and then I leave them mm-hmm. offerings, obviously, because if you ask somebody to help you, you should leave them an offering afterwards or yeah. even before. <laughs> Here, have this. They'll come help me, depending on how you, how you look at it. But definitely. But runes, I don't know. I honestly don't know. Um, I wonder sometimes, and this is absolute speculation on my part, you know, I wonder sometimes what Odin gave to her. If she gave save to Odin, what was the exchange? What did he give her of equal value in that reciprocal relationship? Uh, We have no record of what it was. We just don't. Um, maybe it was runes. Maybe it was some sort of a runic language. Um, maybe maybe he just taught her runes the way she taught him says. But that's honestly that, speculation on my part. That's my speculation, actually. Yeah. <laughs> or my experience is mm-hmm. that because when I started really getting into my runic studies, it was definitely Odin and, and then Heimdall. And then all of a sudden Freya showed up and she's like, oh, here, this is the magical part of runes. And I'm I'm here to help you learn the magical use and part of runes. And I was like, oh, okay, that's fascinating, kind of huh? So interesting. I was wondering if maybe she also taught Odin how to use the runes in a magical way, as well as save and other things. Yeah, so. I don't know. I mean, Odin Odin gave her something. I mean, we know how recipro- yeah. I mean, reciprocity is a gleaming golden thread that runs through everything that we do, right? So, yeah. you know, there, there's no way that she gave him something and he gave her nothing in return. You know, what it was is the question, and none of us will know that. No, we don't. She works well with me in my rune study, so I'm going to keep going. <laughs> yeah. Hey, if it works, man, you know? Yeah, definitely. <laughs> oh, we're clipping quite along here. We're having a, yeah. I'm having a great time talking about Freya and all of this. And, and then, so um, I, I guess it's, I guess we should probably talk about her brother just a wee bit, especially since oh, sure. you mentioned that you were kind of introduced to Freya through the book about Frey. And you also mentioned earlier, and this is something that a lot of people, I think, either don't know or don't, or miss understand is that you said she went willingly not as part of the hostage exchange can you explain that just a little bit right right and you know she's written about as going to asgard with them but um if you read the stories it's actually frey and yours mm-hmm. who are the, the the two that go and freya just sort of comes along in terms of i step back a little bit and really blow some minds um you know the the theories about divine twins and divine twin pairs yeah um it is far more likely that the divine twins were Frey and yours if you look at a divine twin pattern and the divine twin stories it's probably them and um now in the mythology and i i and in the uh what do you call it? Family tree you know we've got yours as their father and i do believe that yours is their father and then it's Frey and Freya, um, but there is no evidence of Frey and Freya being twins. And so that tw- that twin pair was probably more like Frey and yours, but that goes back into an older, older cycle um, because obviously they are distinct by the time of the writing mm-hmm. of the Eddas. Could it have been Frey and Ol as the divine twins? 
No, no. I don't think Freya was one of the divine twins. I really don't. Mm-hmm. Um, because it just, the, the patterns, if you look at divine twin mythology across Indo-European cultures, um, it's typically masculine. Yeah. And it's typically the founding of something. And uh, I just, it makes more sense to me that if there, if there is a divine twin pair and there doesn't even have to be, I mean, I'm, I'm extrapolating this and, you know, there's no need to think that we did have a divine twin pair. Right. You know, but if you look at the pattern, the pattern is more Freya and yours. So why Freya went to Asgard is anyone's guess. We don't know. Mm -hmm. There's nothing anywhere that says anything except that she comes along for the ride. Uh, you know, some people look at that as yet another argument that Frigga and Freya are the same, you know, um, because like there's nothing about Freya except she suddenly shows up, you yeah. know, so there must, but Frigg was there the whole time. So therefore, you know, I, I've already stated my case on that, but it's interesting because we, we really don't know, you know, I mean, I speculate that she saw there was work to do, mm-hmm. you know, and I speculate that she was invited not as like part of the hostage agreement, but maybe there was an invitation, you know, maybe it's because she was Odin's lover. I mean, we really don't know. Yeah. Yeah. We honestly, and that's something I can't, I won't speculate on much more than that because I, I really don't know. It's just for her own purposes. Yes. <laughs> you know, in that sort of, you know, enigmatic smile, kind of keeping my own counsel sort of way, you know, <laughs> is, yeah. is, is what she's, what she typically does when I ask her questions like that is just sort of, you know, smile and say nothing. Thanks for not answering me. But, yeah. And as we know, Freya is not one to do things she doesn't want to do. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Just try to sell her off to a giant as a wife. Oh yeah. That was a great idea. That worked <laughs> out really well. Um, oh, hell no. <laughs> no. Necklace explodes. <laughs> no. <laughs> Talking about her going of her own free will to uh, the Aesir, that was something that I discovered recently, I think within the last year upon a reread. I had always been a part of the, oh yeah, she was part of the exchange, you know, to keep the peace, to end the war. And just, you know, I don't know how long ago it was. It was recently. It was within, I'm, I'm reading along and I was like, what? Wait a second. Let me reread this section again. I was like, wow, it totally changed a lot of things mm-hmm. in my thinking about that process, that exchange and yeah. that whatever they did to end the war at that point. So that was that was really interesting to me to see that aspect mm-hmm. of things. Yeah. Anything else that you want to bring up about um, Freya that maybe I haven't? Because um, I'm not quite sure. Oh, I mean, gosh, I don't. I mean, I could talk about her for days, I suppose, but um, we're not here for days. So, <laughs> um, I mean, you know, I guess the one thing I would say is that, you know, entering into a relationship with her specifically seems across the board to require um, a great deal of self-knowledge. Mm-hmm. And if you don't have that, she will provide it to you. Um, and that is often harsh lesson yeah. wise, because we don't really like to look at ourselves in, you know, clear and honest ways. Because as humans, we, I mean, I can get all into psychology because there's all kinds of psychological theories behind why, you know, we have our image of ourselves and how it's not always the same as the image that other people see of us yeah. and, um, and all that kind of stuff, you know, but I would say that she requires a great deal of self-knowledge on your part and, and we'll make sure that you get that. Um, and that can sometimes be a trial. So it can be difficult um, to work with her. It's a continuing, a continuing state of evolution is the best way to put it. Um, she's also, I mean, I, as a person, I mean, I consider myself a Freya's Gizia, you know, at this point. And 
uh, I have sworn an oath to Freya. Um, and it's it's been so rewarding. I mean, even the Freya shrine, the Freya shrine that I keep that I bring to public events and stuff. It's work. I mean, it's a lot of work, you know, because I'm up in the morning and I'm cleaning the vey and I'm feeding the thing and I'm making the offerings and I'm doing all that stuff, um, which deepens my personal connection to her when I'm serving her yeah. in that way. Um, but even though that work is there, it is just so rewarding um, and fulfilling and, and she can be very warm. Uh, and very loving. My friend Ailey Sheva once referred to her as um, a velvet-covered iron fist. <laughs> you know, like kind of you know, soft and nice and delicate, but you know, strong underneath. Yeah. You know, and I, I think she kind of requires that of her people. <laughs> <laughs> in some ways you know like we're all different i'm not saying there's any one you know true or honest way i said these are but these are sort of because it's certainly not the case you know um but these are sort of the lessons that i've taken mm -hmm. um, it's about knowing yourself um and ev every aspect of yourself all of you um and that that's that's an ongoing process because you're always learning more about yourself yeah indeed. you know and that it is it's worth it in the long run it's worth it yeah. well when someone thinks they know about themselves um, how would someone know that Freya is maybe interested in them or how might somebody approach Freya to try to open the door for a relationship if they have an interest in her and what kind of signs can they look for that? Yeah. Freya is like, yeah, I'm on board with this or, you know, you're better off with this one instead of me because they can help you better than me or, or you know what I mean? Yeah. I, you know, it's funny. Um, a long, it was a troth boot long, long ago when I was, I was in, say that was i was in the trance and in the chair and apparently someone asked freya what she wanted and her response was i like presents <laughs> <laughs> she had she, she had a lot of other things to say too but that's you know private between her and this person but uh i like presents you know so i think approaching her with offering you know um and that can offerings are very personal um there was never any one true and only offering you know to give that was appropriate um, people give things like flowers, uh, wine, mead, chocolate, sweet things, uh, raspberry lambic, um, <laughs> you know, which I, I find works pretty well and also looks really cool when you're pouring it over a rock because it's got that purple foam, you know, um, uh, amber, gold, you know, but ultimately what you can afford and what you can do, mm -hmm. you know, I mean, there's, there's no reason to have to go out and spend hundreds of dollars to get the perfect thing for her. I mean, you can certainly start small. I think you should start small. Yeah. You know, the mm -hmm. Hothamal says better not to bloat than bloat over much, mm -hmm. you know, so, you know, start small, um, make those offerings, uh, stay in, stay in thank you mode a lot. Don't ask for a lot, especially at first. Mm-hmm. You know, it's okay. make it's and it's it like I, I refer to it as being friends with somebody. Like if I just meet somebody, I'm probably not going to ask them to help me move because <laughs> I've only known them five minutes. Right. You know, I mean, why would I do that? So it's the same kind of a thing you know, before you really ask her for things. Um, I would say even for the deities in general, this would be good advice. You know, before you ask them for things, start that relationship, make those offerings, uh, make them regularly on whatever day or time, you know, if you're yep. choosing um, or months, you can do it once a month. I mean, it's not like you have to do it every day either. And to give it time because it's a very slow, gradual process, yeah. like any friendship, right? Yep. You know, you, you, it develops and it builds over time. So give it the time that it requires. Um, I will say in terms of Freya reaching out to others, um, there are ways in which she is an exceptionally subtle goddess and ways in which she is not. 
Um, and people tend to like, suddenly I'm dreaming of Freya. Freya reached out to me in meditation and all of a sudden there was Freya, you know, I mean, like I hear that story a lot, a lot, a lot, you know? So I think that, you know, if she's interested in you, you'll probably know right away because she is not subtle about that at all, you know, and she's, she's not even subtle about her rewards to people sometimes. I mean, like I am. I had left an offering, a very sizable offering to Freya, East Coast thing, 2019. And um, unbeknownst to me, someone else had left a fairly sizable offering to Freya. Um, you know, and the long and short of that is that we are both now dating, hmm. you know, and living together for that matter, you know. So she's not subtle. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I mean, obviously we're doing the work because it is a human relationship. It's not like it's like, oh, Freya blessed us forever. Not like that. I don't mean like that. But I mean, it just, you look at stuff like that. You look at omens like that. And it's just, she's, sometimes she is flat out obvious. Excellent. Yeah. She was with me too. <laughs> yeah. Not subtle. <laughs> right. Yeah. And I mean, I, I guess the other, the only other thing I would say is, and I say this when it comes to deity contact in general, is that it's okay to say no yeah. to her. You know, if you don't want that contact, if you don't want that relationship, it's okay to say politely and nicely, thanks but no thanks you know i'm i'm not here for that you know because uh, i i think too many of us have this sense of you know if a god calls on you you have to answer and the reality is you don't you know um they may make life difficult for you for a little while just to make sure that you're really sure that the answer is no um, <laughs> odin is odin is frankly particularly good at that um yes, you know but but yeah no is an okay response Totally okay. It's up to you to decide what relationships you have, if you have any. Mm -hmm. And that's the a period, space, the end. I mean, no matter what your relationships are, it's up to you to have them or not, as you wish. Um, and that's certainly true for the gods as well. Totally agree. Well, Patty, thanks for joining us. This has been fun. Yeah. And uh, I will have the links to both of your books, actually. Um, Practical Heathen's Guide to Asatru is still available as well. I want people to jump into that briefly what's that about what would you tell in your own words well i think the title <laughs> says it all a practical agent's guide to austria um it is meant to be an introductory work about heathenry and well heathenry also true you know depends on depending on what you call it and so it covers all of the basics it covers worldview it covers some of the morality and ethics it covers the gods and the goddesses it covers rituals on how to you know do stuff. I, um, I take one, I, I, one chapter, I actually take ritual apart, um, and show how each step effectively works. And then, mm -hmm. um, then show the ritual as the ritual. So you can look at it and say, okay, well, this is where she got all these things. And, uh, so yeah, it's an introductory book on heathenry. Excellent. Yep. Well, people want to hear it from you. So. Well, I appreciate that. I appreciate yeah. that. It does well, you know, but it's, uh, it's nice. I recommend it a lot. Yeah. Thank you. I appreciate that. Yeah, sure. Well, Hattie, thanks so much for joining us. And um, I hope we'll have you back to talk about your second edition sometime. No pressure. I'm just saying if it happens. <laughs> no pressure. No pressure. But when you write this book, yeah. <laughs> or anything else. But otherwise, we'll be Thank seeing you. each other. I'm really glad that we got to finally do it. This has been a lot of fun. Thank you so much for listening to the podcast. And welcome to our guests. Please leave positive comments on iTunes and other podcast distributors. This helps others to find the podcast. Please send feedback and ideas to giftsoftheweird at gmail.com. Follow the podcast on Twitter at Weird Gifts. 
Facebook at Gifts of the Weird, and on Instagram at WeirdGifts1. Thank you, and hail the gods. Thank you.